0: There was a Sunday school teacher by the name of Edward Kimball. Every weekend he would teach uh, seven to 10 students and when he spoke, they would fall asleep. During the week though, Kimball in his quiet time would find himself praying on behalf of these students. And on one day, he heard a whisper from God. I want you to go to one of your students' workplaces and I want you to walk up to him and I want you to tell him how much I love him and I want you to invite him to know me, uh, my son and my spirit. Kimball uh, rose up from his prayer time and he's like, "Is that really God? Maybe it was something I ate. Well, what am I supposed to do?" And he decides to trust. He walks down into the city he lives in, opens the door to a shoe store, and he sees his high school student with a bunch of uh, shoe boxes. The student is stocking shelves. They make eye contact and Edward Kimball walks up to him, puts his hand on the student's shoulder and he says, I need you to know that that God is passionate about you. His love is so strong for you. I, I, I beg you, I plead with you that today you would come to Christ. Kimball held his hand on the boy's shoulder looking eye to eye and the student just stared back and said nothing, absolutely nothing, like awkward really awkward so Kimbo releases his hand and walks away and as he uh, opens the door he uh, heads down the street and he goes God what did I just do I-, I just took a risk for you that was so strange that was so weird and and nothing happened that student didn't say a thing However, what Kimball didn't know was that when that high school student finished his shift and walked out of the shoe store, he sat right down and gave his life to Christ. That student was Dwight Moody. Now, I don't expect that too many of you will know who D.L. Moody was, but he would be considered one of the great preachers of the 19th century. Moody preached all over the world. He started the Chicago Avenue Church, which uh, became the Moody Church. The Moody Church is still going strong today. He started the Chicago Bible Institute that became the Moody Bible Institute, and that's still going strong today. He is among one of the most influential North American preachers over the last 150 years, and he ended up playing a role in another great preacher coming to faith, Billy Graham. So here's my question for you. What if Edward Kimball said no to God's whisper? What would have happened? Let me uh, bring it uh, home to uh, my own story. I have often wondered uh, where I would be today if it were not for others listening to the Spirit of God whisper to them direction for my life. A little over 28 years ago, Arnold Reimer, who was the district superintendent at that time of the Canadian Midwest District of our church family, the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada, he heard God whisper my name to him about a pastoral position in a war-torn church in Thunder Bay. It was October, and I was on vacation with my family in a place called Ponce Inlet, Florida, just uh, south of Daytona Beach. I was the administrative director for Ontario Pioneer Camps at the time. It's where Jane still spends her summers on the lake where we have a family cottage. And I was doing at the time some interim preaching at Unionville Alliance Church on top of uh, looking after their youth ministry. And what should happen? I get a phone call from Arnie Reimer. Hello, Doug. It's Arnie Reimer. How's your vacation going? Do you have a few minutes? I really need to talk with you. So what do you say? No, I'm on vacation. Call me later. I-, I thought that. But I said, sure, Arnie, what's up? Hey, there's this church that's been without a pastor for over a year. And I've been praying for that church in their need of a solid leader and preacher who can work in a very unique setting. And during one of my quiet times as I was praying and interceding for the church, God gave me your name. It's a church in Thunder Bay, Redwood Park Church, and I believe you're the guy who God wants to be the lead pastor there. And I go, whoa, 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 Arnie, I'm on vacation. Let's talk when I get back. Right now, just let me enjoy this time with my family. I'll get back to you, okay, Arnie, when when I get back to Ontario. And Arnie goes, no, no, Doug. This is the best time ever for me to call you because you have time to walk the beach and pray and hear God speak to you 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 need to take some time to listen to god pray about this and hear what god might say to you interestingly enough 2 years earlier i was in chicago attending a conference for camp directors put on by a group called christian camping international and the director of christian camping international invited me and a few others to go out for chicago deep dish pizza and then to an evening service of this church that he attended I went to his church and it was unlike any other church I'd been at before. It was not churchy, it was incredibly relevant. And the Spirit of God was powerfully at work at the service. It was just awesome, powerful. And what was significant to me was that this church did things that seemed a lot like how we did things at camp. You know, how we do things in an evening campfire program, fun, relevant, and very powerful. I'm pretty mesmerized by how this church was kind of like my camp in some ways. And I never imagined that you could do camp in church. And that's when I heard God speak to me. It was strong, like no doubt in my mind at all that I had heard from God. And what God spoke to me was, Doug, you will get to do camp in church. I will will use you to lead a new kind of church that looks a lot like camp. And at that point, I I really knew that I would not be in camp ministry forever. I heard that clearly from God. Two years later, I get this phone call from Arnie. Not instantly, right? Two years later. That was October 1991, ancient history, almost 30 years ago. Jane and I flew into Thunder Bay the following January. As we flew into Thunder Bay, the plane circled all around the city before it landed, giving me a perfect view of all of it. And I tell you, I heard God speak again. Doug, this is your city. This is where I'm calling you to serve. And I immediately knew I hadn't seen the church yet, hadn't met the people yet, hadn't checked the city out yet, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was called to Thunder Bay. But I do wonder what would have happened if Arnie Reimer hadn't heard from God or if he hadn't acted on what he heard from God. Now, for those of you who uh, know my story of how I ended up here at, uh, in Fort McMurray at Fort City, you'll know that I did not leap here. Rather, God had to work supernaturally and, and call me beyond any shadow of a doubt. And yeah, without that first call to Thunder Bay, there wouldn't have been that next call to Fort McMurray. But it's the fall now of 2011, 20 years later. God spoke to Terry Young, who at the time was the interim lead pastor here at Fort City. He was convinced that I would do well here. I wasn't convinced, but... Through Terry and many other circumstances God broke through to me and supernaturally and powerfully in a way that I, I, I would just know without a shadow of a doubt that I was called here. I've told the story before and I'm sure I'll get to tell the whole story again sometime. But my point is, what if Arnie said no to God's whisper and never phoned me in the middle of my vacation? Thunder Bay just wouldn't have happened. What if Terry Young hadn't acted upon a sense he had? I mean... Fort McMurray. Fort McMurray would not have happened. And what if Edward Kimball had said no? A huge chunk of what is the evangelical church in North America today might not exist. Friends, that's the power of saying yes to a whisper. Yes to a whisper from the Spirit of God. Today, as we get back into our study in the book of Acts, in this message series we're calling the Supernatural Normal, we want to take a look at someone who said yes to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. It was a reluctant yes, but yes, nonetheless, his name is Ananias. He's from Damascus, Syria, which is about 200 kilometers from Jerusalem. The Apostle Luke, elsewhere he tells us that he was a devout follower of the Jewish law, the Old Testament scriptures. He was a man of high character, a man of God. He had a good reputation throughout Damascus. Here's how Luke introduces us to Ananias. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. God speaks, and his immediate response is, Yes, yes, Lord. I-, I love that. Hey, how often when God whispers to you, do you say, No? W- what if Edward Kimball would have said no? What, when I look at my own life, if Arnie Reimer had said no or Terry Young had said no? What happens when you say no to the whispers of God? What would it look like if you actually said yes? Because I believe the supernatural normal starts with yes. Ananias said, yes, Lord, I'm here. Here I am, every part of me. What is it? What do you have for me? I'm game. I I love my city. I love my church. I love what you're doing. Yes, I'm here. But then the Lord says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man uh, from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Whoa, 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 God, like, do you know who Saul of Tarsus really is? And all of a sudden, Ananias hears what God is actually asking of him, and suddenly his yes starts to turn and become no. Ananias, like many followers of Jesus at that time, is is terrified of Saul. He's been leading a campaign of persecution against Christians. He's been going uh, to synagogues around Jerusalem, finding Christians, pulling them out, shackling them, binding them, putting them to prison, uh, having them put to death. And now Saul is starting to branch out beyond Jerusalem and he's heading to the city of Damascus. And Saul, he, he's coming for people just like Ananias. And now God is asking Ananias to go play, pay Saul a visit. Would you go? Think about it. Would you go? As Saul of Tarsus is making his way to Damascus, Luke tells us that Saul sees this brilliant, radiant light in the middle of the day, which causes him to drop face down on the ground. He's trying to look up, but he's blinded. Uh, Let's pick it up where Luke writes. He fell to the ground and he uh, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So Jesus does this direct confrontation with Saul and tells him, you're going to go to a house and meet a man named Ananias. He's going to tell you what you need to know and he's going to restore your sight. Saul gets up, tells the soldiers that he just can't see right now, that he's blinded, that they must take him to a house of some guy named Judas in downtown Damascus. Luke tells us, that as Saul was taken to Judas's house um, for three days there, he just doesn't eat, he doesn't drink, he just sits there and he prays. And I kind of imagine the playback in his mind. He's blind, but, but he sees himself grabbing, you know, people out of synagogues and locking them up in prison, in prison. He sees himself having Christians put to death. I imagine the playback going on in his mind is so raw and brutal. And God... He has all this trust that Ananias is going to show up. Back to Ananias. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Like God, you can't be serious. Don't send me to this man. Uh, I, I'm going to show up there and I'll just get arrested. God, Please. I want you to know that there are times when God will whisper to you asking you to step out. And initially, you know, you'll say, great, I'll do it. But then when you think a little bit more about it, your mind starts to trigger fear and you start thinking, oh man, this is absolutely nuts. And there comes this moment when you're really pushed to the test of what will you trust more? The supernatural power of God or that fear that you are feeling. Truth is, many of us say no. What if Ananias said no? What if Edward Kimball said no? What if Arnie Reimer said no? What if Terry Young said no? (laughs) I love God's response after Ananias brings his honest concern before God. The Lord just says to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias, you just need to understand that you don't see the whole picture. You you can't see everything I'm going to do through this man. But here's where I need you. I need you to play right here. Uh, And if you play right here, it will unleash all of this kingdom good. But if you don't play right here, all of this might be silenced. I'm telling you, if you show up, Paul is going to be a chosen instrument. He's going to do incredible things, but I need you. I need you to play a role to make this happen. And then look at what happens. Ananias, despite his fear, really his fear for his own life, and and really I suspect anger for how many of his friends' lives, you know, that Saul had taken. Despite being one crazy and really dangerous idea, Ananias says yes. Luke writes, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. Like, wow, really, wow. Wow. But can you imagine if Ananias said no? 13 books of the New Testament might not have been written. Hundreds, if not thousands of churches in the first century of the Roman world would not have been established. And there's a good chance that if Ananias hadn't said yes, that Fort City would not exist today. Will you listen? Will you say yes? Because our God wants to speak to you, prompt you, use you to make a difference in the lives of other people. Maybe he would use you to encourage the next Apostle Paul or D.L. Moody, or maybe it's just your neighbor, a family member, a co-worker. So the question I want to leave you with today, will you say yes when God whispers to you? Will you say yes? Here's what we want at Fort City. In these pandemic days, we want to serve our city and, and love our city with the best resources we have. And the best resources we have is you and me as we listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. The best resources we have to love and serve our city are you and me as we allow God to lead us to love our neighbor, our coworker, our family members. Our mission as a church is to invite people to experience the love of Jesus for themselves. But the way that happens most effectively is when God moves through you to love someone else. And the way that happens is you and me go through our day with our ears open to the Spirit asking, what does love require of me in this situation or that situation? Or what does love require of me with this person or that person? And you let God whisper the answer. Friends, when God whispers, you you get to say yes and then experience the supernatural normal. You get to say yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll do that. And and even though it doesn't make sense, even though I can't see the full picture, even though I might be rejected, even though still I will say yes. Friends, this is how the supernatural becomes normal in our lives. It's as we listen for the whispers of God, we become instruments of his supernatural love and power. Are you ready to embrace the supernatural normal? Will you listen for the whispers of the spirit and say yes? Let me pray. And this is a prayer that I invite you to pray with me. Make this your own prayer, pray it yourself as I pray. Let's do that, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, through your spirit, would you speak to me? For I, your servant, am listening. Just let God know that you are listening, that you are available to him. Just just let him know that in your own way right now. Let's keep praying. God, use me. Use me every day in this new year to be an instrument of your love in the lives of others as I listen to and follow your leading. Lead me into this experience of your supernatural normal that I would be a powerful instrument in your loving hands. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that with me, would you let me know? Just just message me. And I'll pray for you this week that you would experience God deeply and powerfully as he speaks to you and leads you to be an instrument of his love.